I do not love Disney movies. I don't need that floating around out there. You do fucking um, need all of that. Sam is a Disney adult. Change my mind. Fucking kill me. <laughs> There's a Disney adult here. It's not even him. <laughs> he has kids. He's allowed to be a Disney adult. I am like right. the definition of a Disney adult, actually. <laughs> okay, do we need to like snap or something? Yeah. Uh... Don't do that. I'm going to kill her. Don't do it. So let's give it a practice right here. One, two, three, go. It's close enough. All right. One, two, three, go. I thought you we were going specifically. On go. They were fine. You fucked it up. Are we going on go or are we going after go? What's what about four? Yeah, why not four? I said we go on go. I clapped. You I got it the first time. Go. No, you said you clapped before I said go. No, I didn't. Okay. Anyways. Who's our special guest? Go. I'm gonna edit that in. I'm gonna hey pass. guys, um, I so I've been working on my Necronomicon stuff, and I have learned a way to summon people from hell. And there's something I, someone I really wanted to have a chat with. So uh, hang on just a second. Let me kind of read the spell oh, here. Hey guys, this is Howard Phillips Lovecraft. How's it going? Wow, Howard, that's not the voice I was expecting at all. Well, look, well, there's no recordings of me, so <laughs> your friend Scott and Vincent Price told me that uh, somebody had called me uh, problematic and racist. Is that true? No, Vincent. No, or, <laughs> no, Howard. What? No one would Why ever say we... that about you. By the way, this is my girlfriend, Julia. Uh, she's Kurdish and Italian. I know how much you love both of those races. <laughs> well, I want to confirm that. Anyone from the dark... Okay, um, yeah, he, so he went back to hell. So anyways, um, hi, welcome to Darko Malboy. I'm so happy that we got to talk to Howard Philip Lovecraft. Yeah, that was a real treat. I, I'm glad we got to have that time together. Um, my, I'm Scott. I'm Mitchell. I'm Sam. Who, I it? just said it. I just no, said I'm, I'm waiting Sam. for Scott That's to say not his the movie name. We're watching. I'm waiting for the bit before I say my name. Oh, yeah. Um, no, we're not watching I Am Sam. Sorry. And I'm Julia. And together we are Darko the Darko Malboy Podcast. Movie Podcast. Everybody yell it all at once so that no one can hear it. Yeah. Yep. On three then it on just four. sounds like a jumble. Darko Malboy. Okay. Well, this time we watched uh, Color Out of Space. Which was... I thought very good. It stars Nicolas Cage, Jolie Richardson, Madeline Arthur, I am not going to pronounce this right, Koryanka Kilcher, and Tommy Chong. Is that the mom? Yes, Tommy Chong is the mom. Tommy Chong was yeah. definitely not the mom. Not Laura Dern. Uh, yeah, she did look a lot like Laura Dern. Actually. Yeah, you know, who's, like you know whose daughter version. she is, right? She's Vanessa Redgrave's daughter, who is like one of the most decorated female actresses in England. Do you want to know something else that's weird about this movie? So it was produced by a company called Spectre Vision. And like the main guy involved in that Elijah is Elijah Wood. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Weird. So no, Elijah Frodo Wood is produced this movie. In a lot of this stuff. Yeah. He fucking loves like horror. He was, he uh, made a yeah. remake of Maniac. They're, they've done like six or seven and they do video games too. Um, directed by Richard Stanley. I, 
I didn't know him. I know the name. I looked him up, and I cannot imagine why he is famous. Can someone help me with that? Okay, I can tell you why I know him. So there was a documentary that came out probably four or five years ago now, I think, about the making of The Island of Dr. Moreau, the one of Val Kilmer and Marlon Brando. You know, you know that wonderful picture. So he was originally attached to direct it, and the documentary talks about him and about what happened afterwards. It's a pretty good documentary. Basically... Val Kilmer fucking hated him and Marlon Brando is a weird asshole. Well, that's uh and that's who directed this. John Frankenheimer doesn't know what he's doing. Is what I Nick Cage must have loved him. Uh the budget for this movie was 12 million dollars and it didn't even gross 1 million. So 938,000 like five movie theaters in like all of California when it came out. Yeah, not great. So just real quick, um, you want to start the, the clock, 60 seconds, I need to describe what happens in this movie, starting now. Okay, so there's a bunch of people that moved to New England, uh, the dad is going to be a farmer, and uh, the family doesn't really like it, uh, they're kind of fighting, um, and so... They... It's not a race. <laughs> well, I got only have a minute, shut up. And then, uh, so there's then what happens? a... The meteorite hits the ground, and... Uh, Lightning strikes it a bunch of times, and then it kind of disintegrates, and uh, we find out later that it's seeped into the ground into the water, uh, so that sucked. Um, then all the plants start growing real big, and uh, the animals uh, start freaking out, and there's like a cool like praying mantis, and then uh, shit kind of goes downhill from there. Um, all the animals turn into like weird monsters. Uh, the kids get blasted with uh, electro lights and turn into monsters. And uh, Nick Cage goes crazy, and they get saved by uh, the guy from the Electric saved? Grid. I, I guess uh, their souls get saved. I don't that's know. A minute. Shut the fuck up. That's been a minute. Shut the fuck okay, up. Okay. Okay. That's it. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. All right. Well, hopefully that makes sense. <laughs> oh yeah, and Tommy Chong is. Uh, hippie. Um, you're not allowed. You're not allowed to talk about that anymore. Okay, now yeah, we're done. With the now plot. that we're done with the plot, uh, my first question is: We've seen a couple movies now. We've kind of been on the fence about whether they were scary or not. Uh, were you scared by this movie? Were you scared? Slightly. Slightly. I think more so the first time because I was watching it at like ten at night by myself in my room on my computer, and it was very close to my face. So, but this time not as much. I found this movie genuinely funny. So, no. I I was pretty scared during... And I don't even know if scared's the right word. I was, like, very uncomfortable during several of the scenes, which we can talk about, I guess. Discomfort is something I did feel, especially the, the mom-son situation and any time that entity was screaming, I found well, it you uncomfortable. Don't, I, you don't like Vor? I, no, I don't I like fucking, Vor. I called that shit, too. Like... Like, I was like, ooh, it's gonna happen. Oh, I bet the kids are gonna feel like they're all gonna, like, melt. And like, I was like, that's what fucking happened. Uh, yeah, human suffering and body horror, I guess. Um, I think this movie is straight out of the things, uh, like, monster The alpaca thing, or something. especially, is yeah. like dogs. Yeah, because alpacas don't have teeth like that. No, but they do the, not. The monst- but the wolf monsters in the thing had teeth like that. So it was. It just looked like the thing. Yeah, it was it literally was just basically the thing, the thing with uh, some other stuff happening as well. 
I was Wait, uncomfortable. Is the thing Lovecraft? No. It's inspired. Though. No, it's more Cronenberg, right? Uh, mm, I think the thing came out like right when Cronenberg was starting to do his thing, so I wouldn't say it's Cronenberg. I was straight just, out of the mm. mind of Carpenter. Right. No, I know it's John Carpenter, but I meant like inspirationally. I don't know because who wrote... it takes place in Antarctica, and it could be kind of like the Mountains of Madness. Mountains of Madness. Yeah, I. At the Mountains of Madness. So it's it's in his um I think he calls it his Gates of Hell trilogy with this. In the mouth China of China. madness and, or, uh, and the China one, the China Prince of Darkness. No, not not oh. that. One. <laughs> no, <laughs> but Prince of Darkness and In the Mouth of Madness are both In the Mouth of Madness, especially, is a much more Lovecraftian movie. I think my problem with it came from my role as a father. <laughs> I have two small children, and I was very disturbed by the fusing of the mother and son and Nick Cage's cold reaction to blowing their heads off i found it their lack of parenting especially disturbing uh my wife looked over at one point and i thought she was like crying but she was like very unhappy with the way they just left that kid outside to just fucking stare at the well even at night and it was just yeah it was like the it was like a father's worst nightmare like having all your children die uh, having to shoot your two kids in the face, or sorry, your wife and your kid in the face, literally becoming your father, uh, which Nick Cage was, that was his bit during this movie. So that was my, and nothing against you, dad. I know you're listening to this. That's right. I'm not saying that it's wrong to become your dad, but he was becoming a different person. That's kind of why this movie made me uncomfortable personally. I think movies have an effect based on where you're at in your life sometimes like every time i see up i cry and like other people like don't care about it at all i don't know what that's about but like just that kind of shit it's the balloons that do it right it's definitely the balloons not the wife dying of cancer or whatever yeah the birds of dick fertility thing that happens like five minutes into it that is like weirdly sad yeah i don't 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 like kind of that bird's jib it's like, oh no, you can't have children and ruin the planet. Oh no. So, scared. <laughs> oh, shut up, Rust. Just in a word, scared, yes or no? Mitchell. No. No. Julia, no. Sam? Twice. Twice. I'll say that's a yes. And then I was yes as well. So, Lovecraft in particular, who we had the pleasure of speaking with personally, Sam has a been. Big fan of that conversation. Yep. Has been known to be very hard to adapt for film. I know some of us have read it and some of us hasn't. I know we're all kind of aware of it. Is this, do you think this is a pretty good adaptation of Lovecraft? Um, it's, well, the ending is right out of Lovecraft, right? Him, I mean, it's just, I'm pretty sure they just paraphrase or directly quote the book in the, in the final line. Yes. That and is in the end in the opening. The and the Tommy Chong bit when he's like, yeah, Tommy yeah. Chong's definitely in Lovecraft. Yeah. I don't know how many Lovecraft movies you guys have like seen. Um, I've, I've seen a bunch of them uh, like from there's good ones like from beyond Dagon and uh, reanimator and I would say in the mouth of madness even though it's not based off of one of them and then there's really bad ones like the Dunwich horror that Roger Corman made with Dean Stockwell that's fucking mm-hmm. awful this Apparently is there was towards... another version of this that came out like 10 years ago yeah it's that it's the same people who made that call of Cthulhu made yeah. this and they did uh, whisper in the darkness I think yeah, I've actually seen. Uh, I think I think I saw the old one. There's a Silent Call um, of Cthulhu. I like the Silent Call of Cthulhu. That yeah. one's not bad. I, I actually like the other Call of Cthulhu too. I think it's fine. I um, just I don't know about an adaptation. Dog shit. 
I can see why it's hard to adapt because it's sort of hard to like. Although at the end of this movie, I thought they did it well. Like the way Lovecraft will like fuck with your brain. I thought the end of this movie did it pretty well with like kind of the time lapsey stuff going on. Kind of avoided the ooh, wacky house thing that a lot of horror movies do at the end of at the end. I actually haven't seen that many Lovecraft movies. I've mostly read his stuff. Um, like I've never seen Dagon, but I love Dagon, like the sh- the short story. Um, and I've actually never read this, so. I don't really know how it stacks up. Sorry, that was nothing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, this, ah. this is very similar to the short story. Yes. Like I was telling Julia, it's just, it's like the same outline. It's, it's just, a modern it's a take very, on it, basically. Yeah, it's, they it, changed like I said, it's the stuff. same outline and it's the same plot, but it's just told in a very different It's not like it went and changed the ending completely. It's the same basic plot premise. Yes, everyone um, dies and the valley is gray and buried underwater. I think it's... I think this is done well. I think the thing about Lovecraft is it's kind of a fear of the unknown thing, which makes sense because he was a horrible racist. It's hard to portray cosmic horror on screen like that. It's it's better when you're reading it or, you know, you're sitting in bed at night and wondering, like, I wonder if there is some sort of, like, giant death monster in the sky millions of light years away or something. I thought that the showing of whatever that was in the when the color went into outer space was pretty good like it gives you a glimpse of it but not enough to be like oh that's yog sothoth or oh that's uh whatever yeah i I think the the keeping it a mystery not kind of knowing what it was was well done i thought some of this shit that happened was silly as hell and that is definitely not lovecraftian but the actual monster itself i thought was or the color was actually very well done. Like most Lovecraftian stories end with the protagonist or whatever ending up slightly mentally disturbed afterwards if they survive. Yeah. You know, I thought the ending of them flooding the thing I think in the story he's like, Oh, it actually survived. Um part of it survived and now I won't drink the water. Um I don't know if that was clear here. I thought it kind of was implied that it had gone away. Well, you see the little praying mantis fly after him at the end. Oh. You do? Yeah, like, that. at the very end, was he, like, is very cool, smoking his cigarette above the reservoir. You know, like, cool guy? A hand-rolled badass. cigarette. Ooh, very cool guy. As he, like, walks away after that incredibly stupid scene, uh, you see, like, a little praying mantis flying after him. Hey, okay. I liked his scarf. So it did survive. <laughs> He's grizzled and changed. Did anyone, does anyone have a favorite uh, Lovecraft little tidbit that they threw in there? Like the guy's sweatshirt saying Miskatonic University. The, uh, the, also the girl's name was, um, shit, now I can't remember it. Lavinia. Lavinia, which is the woman in Donator. Which is funny because they're making a Donator movie next. Yeah, this is a they're trilogy. They're making a movie of that book? Yeah, a trilogy. I think it's going to be chain, Texas Chainsaw Massacre inspired, which scares me, but. Yeah, I said this before. That book is like that book's gonna be hard to. Literally said this like last week. <laughs> it's again difficult, but anyways, yeah. we were just talking about goofy shit that happened in this movie. Um, I think everything that was not directly involving the monster was just like a total wank fest. Uh, does anyone have like a favorite stupid ass thing that happened in this movie? I have so many. Yes, the family uh, dinner is pretty funny family dinner 
Yeah, at the beginning. She cuts off her hand. No, 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 Dinner's no, no. The, ready. One, the one, at, the one at the beginning where they're like, <laughs> "Dinner's ready." Had me fucking. He's like, dead. "Oh, Dad, you're such a bad cook." Like, that was like an alien watched a uh, human having dinner, and like that was their interpretation of what human <laughs> That's interaction what was. I fucking said, okay, with the oh, honey, we need to let's let's talk about that trip we were gonna take, and the oh, I work too much, I'm becoming my dad, and the kids fighting over who does the dishes. I was like. I literally stopped and thought to myself, I was like, this is what an alien who looked at and like, like, you know, those things that are like, oh, we should we should fed a bot a bunch of fucking scripts of just random American movies. And this is what it spit out. I feel like if you fed a bot every fucking American Netflix original movie, this is what it would spit out. A pinch of salt and laughter too A scoop of kids to add the spice A dash of love to make it nice And you've got too many cooks Little did we know, little did we know that this movie was from the color out of space's perspective (laughs) (laughs) Nick Cage's whole bit was disturbing I don't even know what to make of it Mitchell, you say it's from another movie He's doing the voice he does in Vampire's Kiss. I was a little drunk. Plus, I was horny. He's doing a Donald Trump No, it's the voice. It's the exact fucking... Because he said it himself. And I've seen a little bit of Vampire's Kiss. Horrible movie. But peak unhinged Nick Cage, if you're into that kind of thing. I honestly thought that he was turning into his teenage daughter at first. That's... I didn't think he was becoming his dad. I thought he was becoming a little girl. Was the teenage girl the most um, irredeemable character of all time? Why is she redeemable? Oh, for sure. Uh, she was the worst stereotype of a high school girl I think I've ever seen. A goth. She was. She wasn't even goth. She was like a combination of like all the types of girl, right? You have like Wiccan girl. You have like overly smart girl. You have like angsty girl. You have horse girl. All she of these the girls just of, sort of lumped into she was one. The epitome of angsty girl. Oh my god, another part was the the very brief comment where the mom's like, oh, I can tell you like that boy that you've known for two minutes and is a grown man. And Horny she girl. was like, she was like, is that why you're dressed like a slut? And then the girl was like, <laughs> fuck you, mom, and like goes upstairs. I was like, it was so heavy metal. Disney Channel movie? Like, I forgot what about is that. that. That was such a good moment. Actually, the moment I knew this was going to be a wild fucking movie was when she is like doing her Wicca thing at the beginning. And then this horse that looks like it came out of like a Disney movie walks up and is like gallantly striding. And I was like, what the hell? So this is this is the thing that drives me nuts about this movie is I'm going to talk about the horse. No, the horse has a giant <coughs> cock. Excuse me? Huge cock. And it's like black. I hate it. For no reason. You hate black cocks? <laughs> yes, I do. I'm assuming neither of you have seen Mandy. Oh, wait. Love, Lovecraft is trying to come back. I have to hold him down. Keep talking. <laughs> we talked about black penises. Lock him away. No, Lovecraft. No. Don't tell us your cat's name. See, when I heard Fall Unhinged Nick Cage and I heard, I don't know, then I first started to see, I thought the movie was very visually interesting. I thought this was going to be like Mandy and I was so excited I and I was so disappointed because this was a fucking mess. I thought this movie was going to be just like Annihilation because the premise is very similar, right? There's some sort of weird activity that is happening in like a very small area and it's like fucking with wildlife. This is so, so different from that movie. I don't even know what to say about this. It was like 
the thing met like some weird B movie that like nobody could act and like was dubbed weirdly. It was dubbed. strange. If it's dubbed, then it's an Italian movie. Um. So yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess everything involving the monster or whatever you want to call it, the thing was the color, the color was good, and everything else was just complete dog shit. I um I saw somebody on Twitter essentially say what I think sums up this movie. It does a really good job of like visually like setting a very good atmosphere it looks great a lot of the effects are really well done and then people start to open their mouths and kind of ruin it yeah i thought the ending was beautiful but everything else was yeah. it was like a D campaign where the dm has like gone way out of their way to like make everything really cool and like has screens and figures and like has all the stuff figured out and then you get there and the players are named like jim bob and yeah, you know what I mean? So it's like this amazing atmosphere, and then Nick Cage is like doing karaoke like out of his asshole the entire movie. Okay, you just described you just described the exact dungeon situation that I loved, though. <laughs> so I think that's why I like this movie. I, it must be why. Does anyone else have any like random thoughts about what we just watched? Yeah, like I said, on the on the scale of Lovecraft movies, this is closer to like From Beyond and Reanimator, like being good and like kind of fun, as opposed to like the Dunwich horrors of the world, where it's like there's no reason for this to exist. Don't ever watch it. But that's the thing. Like, I think I would watch this again just because of how fucking zany it is. Where I would not yeah. watch Annihilation again. Like once you've See, seen this, that, this is it's like a like, midnight okay. movie. Yeah, this is like a drive-in movie. And I think that's something. Yeah, no, it, like I said, is it, it feels like it's, like, a very, like, someone had a vision. It was weird, so it got made for, well, it got made for $12 million. So I was, yeah, I, I was under the impression <laughs> that this was a low-budget movie the whole time, and then we looked it up, like, three-quarters of the way in, and I was upset about it. I was it. like, oh, there's no way this could have been more than, like, $3 million. Those special like, effects. I'm sure Nick Cage probably got, like, a part of the gross or something. The special effects special were pretty intensive. and were incredible. But, I think, like, this movie yeah. played in, like, four theaters in California, and two of them were in L.A. Well, I remember when this came out, I was psyched. And then I was like, there is no way in hell I'm going to see this. Yeah, no, it like screened TIFF and I heard some good things about it. And I was like, oh, I'm going to hunt this down as soon as it's out. I'm sure it'll play at the little theater that Julie and I go to. Nope, it was at like somewhere in LA, somewhere up north, and then like somewhere on the central coast. And it was like, I have to drive at least an hour if I want to see this movie. Or some weird movie theater in San Francisco showing at 10 at night. Which you could not pay me to go in San Francisco at night. Well, I I actually, well, we can talk about ratings here in a second. Uh, does anyone else have anything they want to throw in there? Throw in the mix. I was happy to see Tommy Chong there. Yeah, I thought he was, he was my fave character. He is the most. Sure. He's a likable man. Also, what happened to him was really cool. Yeah. yeah. He was the most the most well rounded of them all. Although the G spot joke was just painfully. Unfunny. That was that was know, totally in line with the joke. movie though. That was totally yeah. in line with the rest of the movie. Yeah, no, I know, a, but it wasn't. It wasn't funny. It was a haha guys being dudes moment with like, I'm pretty sure the other kid was supposed to be like, <laughs> like 13. Tommy Chong fucks. <laughs> Tommy Chong fucks this cat specifically. Ah, <laughs> uh, Tommy Chong fucks kid. He's the one who turned it inside out. Okay, wait. On with the, his car. With his dick. Thank you. <laughs> I have one more thought. I feel like. Nick Cage's best part of this was the dad obsession that he has with those fucking alpacas. I feel like 
every dad has that one thing that they're just so fucking into their pride and joy that makes no no sense to anyone else and i feel like that his relationship with the alpacas and also the fact that when his wife fuses with his his small child he's like okay my kids can take care of that i'm gonna go tend to the alpacas because they sound like they're hurt like oh i really enjoyed that that's why i felt personally attacked as a father like (laughs) he was the worst dad and like watching him like spiral into being a complete whack job was like I, I expected it, but it still hurt to watch him shoot his kid in the face. As I was watching this, I remembered like from something you saying that like you were like afraid in this movie. I think like the thing like that I was I thought I was like it was like because it's like a family movie. Like that was what I, I thought that like that would be what scared you because but I wasn't sure. But now I guess you've confirmed it. You're 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 a good father. Is that I would I would have a problem shooting my children in the face. I will say that uh, the the way he just coldly like kind of just did it was very like I could never even if they were like weird monster people I don't Ooh, still talking about that. the only the only thing that really freaked me out in this though was like when it crawled along the floor toward her I was like oh, God, that was a like, good that was a good scary was messed up yeah um and then I think there was one other moment where there was like a kind of like a a loud thing happened and I went like that. Yeah, there was, was one jump just... scare that got me. I yeah. thought... Was it the cat? Oh, it was the cat, wasn't it? Where it was, like, right up close to the windshield, and then it was somehow in the street for, like, two seconds. That, that was it. Yes, that was the moment. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um. Okay, back to the dad shooting the son. I found it less upsetting than when he, like, actually put them out of their misery. Like, yeah, he fucking laughed afterwards, which is uncomfy. But I found it more upsetting when he just didn't give a shit about their entire situation for, like, the first three hours they were in that form and he was like yeah let's just go put him in the attic so we don't have to think about it and then mitchell and i got to talking and we were like what would you do because i was upset about it and he was like what would what i was like what would you do in that situation would you just go fuck off and leave me in the attic he was like no i'd shoot you and i was like oh okay sick thank you and he didn't even look for like any ways to solve the problem he was just like all right well well, Guess I gotta yeah. go shoot him fair, now. He did see them sort of get like absorbed by a ray of light and then fuse together. If I saw that, I would be like, "Yeah, yep. I'm gonna shoot you in the face now." Because that's but not like a nice after thing to like do. several hours of you suffering and like locking my kid in there with you. Yeah, I'm not gonna put you in the attic. The thing is, like, even we don't get a lot of background, but the fact that he like uprooted his family, who seemed to be doing pretty well. I mean, his wife seemed to be pretty successful. Uprooted his entire family to like stay in his dad's house in weird ass Massachusetts or wherever it was supposed to be Rhode Island and like he just seemed he really selfish yeah he just seemed like a dick and the fact that you're like whoever said that he went and shot the alpacas first like that's a good indication of what I'm talking about like he just did not and it was just his entire like thing that I I was like not scared but like I just like, I couldn't be in that situation. You know what I mean? Like, it's a scary situation to think about for some reason. All right. So, um, out of 10 uh, giant thousand-eyed tentacle monsters, um, how many would you give this movie, uh, starting with Julia? I've thought about this. I think a five because it was it was pretty. It was visually interesting. The premise was interesting, but it was fucking stupid. But at the same time, I had fun. So 
not too harsh, but also I don't think I would watch it again unless I was very drunk. Mitchell? Uh, I would give it a six hentai monsters out of ten. Six out of ten thousand eyed multi-tentacled beasts. Okay, Sam? Six. Six? Six, six, six. Let's make it six, 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 because that's what I'm doing as well. Uh, Similar to what everyone just said, basically. Uh, It's got some good moments. It's got some weird ass moments and zany shit happens and it it kind of ends up being sort of like lovable in a weird way so actually that's kind of like lovecraft yeah. it is like approachable and lovable in a weird way because you know this guy is a an old ass bitch racist and he's his horror is based on him hating brown people and chinese people and jews and and Mediterranean people and anyone that's not Anglo-Saxon kind of, and the Irish, but he it's still like, you know, lot. it's still fun. And that's, that's Lovecraft. He's the one where I got the word swarthy from. Yep. And that's uh problematic. So watch yourself. Sam's going to cancel me. Sam's canceled me on like three podcasts in a row. Damn. You've dude. been cancelable. You've committed cancelable offenses. Yeah. You continuously I th- get canceled. I think we need to sacrifice him to a Cthulhu. Well, that is that is a wrap on that one. So, Sam, you are picking the final yes. iteration of this theme. Yes. All right. So, we've done all these spooky movies, and now it's time for our final spooky movie for the time being. Uh, all right. So, <clears throat> when I was 10, there's a little bit of a story here. When I was 10, uh, my uncle who sucks made me watch wait uh, which 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 not, uncle not no no blood no blood relation here oh, okay uh yeah his son's like a murderer too so like oh that one really happy i'm like yeah that one okay uh, oh so made, so it was our dad watch <laughs> yeah uh he made me watch alien and i loved it and then he was like cool like but he like took a risk on that right he rolled the dice like showing that to of uh, uh, me as a 10 year old and then he was like, cool, now we're going to watch a drum roll, Nightmare on Elm Street. And it freaked the fuck out of me. I didn't sleep for like two weeks. I got sick and like threw up all the time. I thought there was a man standing in my closet like all night long. It fucked with my head. So that's what we're going to watch to close out our spoopy, spoopy marathon. Let's relive our traumas. Tune in next week, guys, for Sam to relive his childhood trauma. <laughs> I'm not going to sleep all week. You're going to do... When we do the the minute breakdown, you're gonna have to like be breathing into a have brown a paper bag. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that was uh, lovely. I think we all grew as people. Hopefully, next week we we bring back Vincent Price and we don't have to deal with uh, helium Lovecraft again. Let's yeah. Let's he didn't keep even get into in the hell. Italians and their superstitious ways, or the okay. Chinese, or the dirty horse people, or the Irish. Those goddamn potato thieves! Um, Everyone hates the Irish, actually. So that is done. We are done with this. Uh, Thank you for listening to another rendition of Darko Malboy. I am Scott. I'm Sam. I'm Mitchell. Okay. I'm Julia. And and I... I'm HP Lovecraft! Bye-bye! Oh, he got back! He got back! Put back in your hole!